Welcome to Wake Up with Songbird. This is the place we go to heal, to transform, and to have meaningful and insightful conversations. Join me today as we discuss what happens after the awakening. Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of Wake Up with Songbird podcast. I'm Songbird Grandmother, and today we're going to talk about a very important topic, and that is, what about after the awakening? So I was sitting here thinking about how there's so much information about a spiritual awakening, what the signs are, what the you know feelings are, the emotions, what happens, the blah, blah, blah of spiritual awakening. And anybody who's gone through a spiritual awakening knows that there's so much more to than whatever could be described because it's a personal experience. It's something that comes into your life like a tornado and it cleans house. It cleans out everything you thought you knew about yourself, everything that you wanted to know about yourself, everything that you projected, (laughs) everything. And so today I wanted to talk about, well, what happens after the awakening? What do you do? How do you navigate in this new world with this new knowledge and this new wisdom and this new identity and find it, how to put it all together? And so living in Sedona, I have seen so many people on this journey and we have had so many discourses and talks and ceremonies and things about the awakening and most people going through a spiritual awakening end up in Sedona or a high power place like Sedona, Mount Shasta, Hawaii, you know parts of Asia, um, Mexico, South America, you name it and so when you're going through the awakening Part of the journey is finding those power points and those power places that you can sit and reflect and meditate and do rituals and ceremonies to understand where you are. And you have all these incredible experiences when you're going through a spiritual awakening that open your mind, your heart, your eyes, your ears, your mouth. It just opens everything up. And then there's an after. (laughs) There's an after. There's an after the awakening. And so let's go into a little bit about what will change about yourself during an awakening. And some of the things that I could think of right off the bat is divorce. Divorce can be a huge trigger for a spiritual awakening because your whole entire life is now collapsing your relationship your family your where you're living your money like everything that you had built your life on when you go through a divorce most likely not in all situations but most likely everything in your life is going to change and when you're going through that change there's a lot of trauma that happens there's a lot of openings that happen and there's a lot of healing that's required. And that can be a trigger for a spiritual awakening. The next thing is your work situation. Where you're working, the dynamics of that place, the lack of desire you have 
to work. It may have been something very desirable at one time, but some kind of trigger happens. Maybe it's a change of coworkers, a change of boss, a change of location that triggers that work change that then can lead to a spiritual awakening because now we're talking about life purpose. Another thing is money. When you make a lot of money or when you lose a lot of money, that can trigger a spiritual awakening. Health, of course. Having good health is the best wealth that we can even imagine. And so health can oftentimes go, you know, sour, go south. You can have health problems like cancer. You can have health problems like diabetes, heart disease, something like that. That will then trigger a spiritual awakening. And of course, spiritual. Spiritual awakening. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, a lot of it is spiritual. Your intuition turns on. Your psychic gifts turn on. You are more drawn to a spiritual practice versus a religious practice. Sometimes leaving a religion is a huge catalyst for spiritual awakening. And of course, mental. When you have a mental and or emotional breakdown or get di diagnosed with a mental or emotional uh, disorder, huge catalyst for spiritual awakening. And of course, there's so much information about all those things and we'll talk more about that in later episodes but for today I really wanted to focus on after the awakening so now that we've been through all these catalyst moments you've triggered your healing you've probably done some childhood trauma work shadow work you've worked with those elements within yourself You've seen the good, the bad, the right, the wrong within yourself. <laughs> okay, you've went through the transformation. Now what? Well, the first thing is, what is your self-esteem like right now? And building the self-confidence, owning your new identity, finding your place of belonging in the world, in a community, and having a feeling of competence. Because the problem with the spiritual awakening is that you will go through this deep journey of transformation and hopefully you had some love and support during that time. And now you are ready to build yourself, to build the self-confidence, to put action to the projects and the creations and the ideas that you've had during the spiritual awakening. Because during an awakening, you should really have produced something that now you are here to share. Because that's the whole point of a spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening is not to just go through a horrible time and then come out the other end ruined. <laughs> no, 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 no. The spiritual awakening is about rebuilding yourself, repurposing yourself, owning your power, and now sharing it. So naturally, the next part of a spiritual awakening and the after is owning your gifts, owning your purpose, owning 
your power. And if you're still asking, what is my purpose? What is my power? You are not all the way through the spiritual awakening. Because by the end of your awakening, you will know. And not only will you know, the great spirit will bring you your purpose. It'll bring you the people. It'll bring you the opportunities. It will bring you the magic. That's what we call magic. It's the opportunity. It's the ancient magic from Mother Earth that grants us those opportunities, the right people showing up, the right relationships showing up, the right things that trigger the opportunity that you've been waiting for. Because now you're in and through the spiritual awakening. You know who you are. You know your gifts. You know your powers. You've seen the good, bad, right, wrong of everything. And now you're ready to go for it. And that's what after the awakening is. It's life after divorce. Life after that old job. Life after your finances. Life after health battles. Life after spiritual battles life after mental illness it's the life after it's now you've recognized those childhood traumas now you've recognized and healed the mother father wounds now you've recognized and healed why you hated those jobs and those toxic relationships and now you're ready to build something and when you're ready to build something it requires a new foundation, a new standing ground, a new place to stand on that will then build, hopefully, the rest of your life. And I think a lot of people miss that part of a spiritual awakening because I see a lot of information about the spiritual awakening, but I don't see a whole lot of information about now what after. Now what? <laughs> so now I'm saying you got to build a new foundation so let's say you wrote a book a lot of people I talk to who come to an intuitive reading talk about I writing a book or in the process of writing a book and they want to know what to do with this book and what to do with the book is you put it out there <laughs> you mark it you find a way to find your people to read the book and that's the journey. That's the next step of a journey is now taking what you have created through your spiritual awakening and putting it out into the world, sharing it, which can be the biggest leap of faith because you're going to open yourself up to all those wounds that you worked so hard during your awakening to heal. And that requires you to know that don't, they don't trigger you. If, if you're still being triggered by things and you put it out there for the world to see and hear and feel and criticize, you might be up for a rude awakening. And that's when people will come to me and say, well, I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. Somebody criticized me. Somebody did something during a reading that I didn't like. Somebody hurt my feelings. That means that you're not ready. That means you're not ready to put your work out there. And so you have to go back inward and do the trauma healing, do the healing with your parents, do the healing work, 
That's the healing work. And that's why we have that term wounded healer because a wounded healer goes and tries to heal before they're fully healed. And that's the problem. But now, when you know your triggers, you know where the healing is. And it doesn't take a whole lot of effort, really. It just takes the willingness to actually hear the truth. And that's when you know you're healed, is when you can hear the truth of your story, of your pain, of your anxiety, of your depression, and it no longer triggers you. It no longer affects you. And that's healing. And then that, in return, when sent out into the universe, receives energy. It receives healing. It receives inspiration because somebody out there will hear it and it's exactly what they needed to hear because they too are going through that part of the journey and it triggers their healing and that's the light onto the light that our light shining bright will then awaken another light and help them go through the same thing or very similar thing that you went through and that really is the beauty of healing is that you didn't go through your spiritual awakening just to suffer <laughs> you get you came out with a gift you came out with a message you came out with a knowing that if you share it other people can benefit and sometimes it'll be to a larger audience sometimes it'll be to one person sometimes it'll be to a tree but who knows it's just the sharing of it that is the most powerful part and that's why we call it influence because that's really what an influencer is it's someone who helps you to see the truth within yourself and you're inspired or you're triggered. <laughs> That's usually what it is. You're inspired or you're triggered. You don't want to hear it. You just aren't ready for that information. And so sometimes the greatest healing actually happens when we're triggered the most. Because if we're always inspired, then it takes the magic out of it. If we're always triggered, then we're just toxic so it's really a beautiful dance and going back to the self-confidence part when you're ready to share and you're at that part of the awakening do everything you can to build that confidence within yourself do everything you can to get clarity and strength and power and do everything you can to work on that identity that you have now known about yourself. That now authentic part of yourself. And find your community. Because I think finding a community is one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves. Finding an authentic, good community. Maybe you have some hobbies or something outside of work. Or maybe you like business networking and you find a really great networking group. But when you have a place that you belong, then 
you found something that you can build a foundation on. Because when you have a community, you have people there who love and support you and will help you. And that's the greatest thing we can do, especially when we're sharing something so deep and so personal. Another thing about the spiritual journey is that when you have your whole life you know, ruined and you're starting again, you have to build your competence because I hear a lot of people, especially like new healers, who are just going out there and putting their gifts out there. And <laughs> they have this feeling that they're inadequate. They don't have enough practice. I always tell readers, you need at least 10,000 hours to be any good. You really do. You need to get in it and understand your gift and trust your gifts and know it. And so if you just went to school and learned a new craft or skill or you're changing relationships and you're feeling inadequate, there's so many ways we can feel inadequate. Maybe you're starting a new job and everything's different. You're not feeling competent. So build your competence. The only way to build your competence is practice. When I was a child, I played classical piano and it was not easy <laughs> to say the least. It was not easy to learn these very hard advanced pieces and I would have to practice one little bar over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it was just, you know, daunting because for hours and hours I would have to practice, I would have to bend my fingers, I would have to do things that I wasn't used to and the feeling of accomplishment after you've worked so hard to master something is beyond any feeling there is, the feeling of accomplishment, the feeling that you gave your all to something and you've sacrificed and you suffered for that thing that in the end sounded so beautiful, so um, beautiful and advanced really. When I think about playing some of those classical piano pieces, it was something that took me hours and hours and hours of practice and time and maybe was completed in five minutes. <laughs> it's just amazing, or 20 minutes or whatever. But when you think about all the thousands of hours that goes into something to make you feel competent in it, it puts the stress off of it. You're not going to be perfect the first time. You're not going to be perfect the tenth time. You're not going to be perfect the thousandth time. It could take 10,000 times. But that is what we have to do in order to accomplish what it is we're here to do. And that's sharing. That's sharing. And that's really a Buddhist teaching in a lot of ways because Buddha... He went door to door for over 40 years teaching things. And he had 85,000 teachings that he shared. And that's why we still know of him. <laughs> that's why he's still around. Because he put all those thousands of hours into his 
life's work and to his life's purpose. And you can go across the board and, and see inspiring figures like that. And many times they didn't get the recognition. They didn't get the acknowledgement. They didn't get the fame or the money or whatever in this lifetime. They got it in 10 lifetimes. They got it in 20 lifetimes. They got it in decades. Sometimes thousands of years later, these ancient texts would emerge and we would learn about these people and these teachings. So it's not about fame or recognition, but it's about longevity and helping and assisting. And some people will get the fame and the recognition in their lifetime, and a lot of people won't. But it doesn't mean that we don't do it, we don't try, we don't go for it, because jewels and money and fame and all that is temporary. And in the end, when you die, it does, and none of it matters. How many diamonds you have, how many cars you have, how many houses you have, how much they're worth, all of that means nothing in the end. Because when you die, you don't take anything with you. But what you do take is your spirit and your soul. And when you reincarnate, you will take those things too with you. You will take your soul and in Buddhism, they call it the mind. You will take your mind with you. You will take what you accomplished with you. That's why some children, when they're born, they have such incredible gifts of music or singing or dancing or uh, engineering or invention. It's because they had that mind or that soul before they came from another lifetime. And that's the beauty of this cycle of this life is that what you put into it you will take with you but it won't be of the material world it won't be that bmw it won't be that diamond it won't be that bar of gold it won't be any of those things you can enjoy them while you're here but ultimately if that's all your life is about it's frivolous it's nothing it's it's ignorance because it's not real but when you learn something when you educate yourself when you read a book when you work on your self-esteem when you work on your confidence when you create something that has the chance of surviving long after you have died a painting a song, a book, a funny video, you know, YouTube now, all this stuff, it survives and now becomes what you call your legacy and what I call the legacy of light. It becomes the thing that everybody will remember you by. You know, your friends, your family, your acquaintances, people who knew you, they will know you more deeper. But the world, unless you put something of worth out that can survive long after you've gone, then you will eventually be forgotten. Most people in this world are forgotten. And that's because they didn't contribute. They didn't put something out 
for the next generations. They didn't keep the teachings. They didn't keep the languages. They didn't keep the dances, the rituals, the medicine. And that's why so many medicine traditions die, because there is nobody to pass it on. There's nobody to leave it. And now, in this day and age, we have so many ways that we can leave something for the next generations. And really, we all have something that we can contribute. And if you've went through any of those things that we talked about earlier, then you definitely have something to contribute. You definitely have something to leave behind. But you may have to work on those foundational levels before you're ready to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's very naive to think that the first time you do something, you're going to be good. When when I first started piano, the reason I started was I saw a master pianist on TV as a five-year-old and swore I could play like that. (laughs) And of course, my mother, she was like, no, you can't play like that. You have to take lessons. But if you want to take lessons, I will take you to lessons. And so I was really lucky in that way that I had a mother who was very supportive supportive of that. And of course, she was right. The first time I played a piano, I didn't know how to play the piano. But my mind said, I know how to play the piano. It's the same thing. You may be a beginner, but all you have to have is the mindset that, yes, I can play. I can do that. Yes, I don't have all the tools yet. I'm not polished yet. I haven't put in that 10,000 hours yet, but I know I can do it. I know I'm here for that. I know my mission. I know my purpose. I know why I went through the things I went through, and I know what my teachings are. A lot of times when I work with people, it's really just about organizing what they know and more importantly, putting it into discipline, which is not the easy part for most. When you're a creative person, the best thing you can have is organization and discipline because those are the true keys to success. Well, I just feel like we opened a big can of worms <laughs> in this episode, but let me know how you feel and think about this topic and what you are doing after the awakening. Thanks for joining me today. Many blessings. Thank you for joining me on Wake Up With Songbird, Episode 2, After the Awakening. I look forward to seeing what you create after listening to this podcast. And please like and share with those who you know need this information. And again, welcome to the awakening.